You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like this episode and want to stay tuned to the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and Odyssey. Doing so does not cost you a single penny and ensures you never miss another episode. We also love and appreciate your wonderful support. On tonight's podcast, I wanted to talk about two things. Later in the show, we will be covering Winnipeg versus New Jersey, which this is the first game we've had for the past three or four days. Been a while, it feels like, since we've seen the Jets do whatever it is the Jets do. Quite honestly, I'm not really sure what to expect. Paul Maurice has said something to the effect of uh, a philosophical change on the power play and stuff, but... The lines that I saw didn't really look all that impressive, and I'm sort of expecting a pretty mediocre performance. Maybe the Jets can kind of pull themselves together and have a big game against the Devils, but it's not like that's really going to do much to silence any of the doubters. I mean, it's just New Jersey, right? The Devils are an okay team, but no one's really expecting them to be a, a, a genuine contender. So all I can say is I hope the Jets don't suck because that wouldn't really be all that fun to watch. Before we talk about that game, though, I wanted to continue a little bit in a much shorter form our Advent Calendar series, which if you haven't heard it yet, the past couple of episodes, we've been going back over some fun memories and things from recent Jets history, just talking about each day, maybe a different part of the recent Jets franchise whether it's a player or a performance or a moment. We've already covered the 2014-15 and 2017-2018 seasons and why they were so special for us, obviously. Lots of really cool playoff memories. Today's uh, little advent calendar surprise, though, is going to actually be a single player that I thought really deserves to be spotlighted, and that is Matthew Perot. I know that Perot, for a lot of people, was, uh, you know, a bottom six player or, like, a third liner, but I think what really made Perot different was just how skilled he was. On almost any line that he was on when he was fully healthy, Perot was able to create play, he was able to drive it, he was able to improve his line mates. He was an absolute pest of a creator, and in many ways, his positioning and his rotations in the offensive zone, the way that he could attack space, a lot of it was very similar to, like, you know, a less elite scoring Brad Marchand. But Perot, unfortunately, never had the durability of Marchand and certainly didn't get enough ice time to really produce the numbers that Brad has over his career. But the player that the Jets got, he has been and, and probably will stand as one of the greatest free agent signings the Jets have ever made. Matthew, for some reason, got let go by both Washington and Anaheim, and I don't really understand why, because he's such a phenomenal skater and a truly gifted creator. And when he showed up in Montreal earlier uh, earlier this season, I think he actually had like a hat trick in one of his first couple of games. Unfortunately, he did get injured, so that part at least is unfortunately very familiar to Jets fans, but in terms of his on-ice performance... He is probably a legend around here as one of the best utility uh, and certainly so-called depth players the Jets have ever had. But anyone who actually understood what his game was and, and saw him play knew that he was much more than just your average third liner. He was probably a top six talent who was 
capable of driving just about any unit he was with. There were very few exceptions. I, I honestly think he could probably make a, a line of cardboard cutouts look really good. He also had a surprisingly sneaky little release that often caught goaltenders by surprise, and there was one game that I recall a couple of years ago, I think it was 2014-15, when he actually had that four-goal game against the Florida Panthers. Unfortunately, he just missed that last goal because... I, I think it was uh, one of the former Jets backups who was in net, and I'm blanking on what his name was. I, I should actually remember it, but he didn't know that there was like a five goals for a million dollars reward, and Perot had already scored four. He just needed the one last goal, and had that happened, the goalie said he would have allowed it to just sort of sneak through by accident, which, you know, was said with a little bit of a, a, little bit of a wink and a nod, but... You know, Perot for, for the Jets was such a force of offense. He was also a really feisty player. That part of his game reminded me a lot of Brad Marchand as well, uh, a guy who could really grind in the corners, who was not afraid to physically engage. He got under his opponent's skin, and sometimes he would actually draw penalties that way. Uh, ironically, over the rest of his career with the Jets, he actually started to get known to take more penalties rather than drawing them, which is sort of a strange turn for him. But in his very last season for Winnipeg, he finally started to look more like the player that the Jets had signed many years ago. He was fast. He had that good passing and shooting. His uh, positioning in the offensive zone was great. He was just back to his best. He was creating everywhere. He was finally healthy. And it's a version of Perot that we hadn't seen in a couple of seasons. So, Hopefully, now that he's in Montreal and uh, on the mend, he can keep producing and really be that gifted playmaker and creator that we know he can. He doesn't have many, many seasons left, but for what he still has to offer, I, I think Perot truly is a special player and somebody that deserves to be a fan favorite for Winnipeg. I know that uh, he's no longer with the team, but he will always have a place with the Jets, and I'm sure... If ever he wanted to return, whether it's like on a short-term deal or something, the Jets would probably find a way to welcome him back. Especially like Osei, a trade deadline acquisition, you never know. But uh, Perot is happy to be home, I'm sure, in Montreal. I think it was always a lifelong dream of his to eventually play for like one of his childhood clubs. So in that respect, I'm just really happy for him. He gave the Jets so many fantastic seasons. Uh, he was a, a leader on the ice and in the locker room. He always had really funny quotes. Uh, you know, of course, he had great hair and great beards, and we'll miss him. He was a part of the core that really felt special and a player who I think a lot of people slept on for many seasons. It wasn't until later in his career that Jets fans started to wake up to just how good Perot was and how much of a difference on that third and fourth line he could really make. And when he finally got put into the top six with somebody like, say, Mark Shifley or, or even Wheeler, you could kind of see that he really was one of the lead playmakers and creators on that unit, and he'll always be our very special Frenchie who just was completely underrated throughout most of his career, but the stats nerds always loved. Wherever Perot goes next, I'm sure he'll be successful. We wish him all the best, and uh, hopefully one day he'll come back to Winnipeg and spend some time here. After talking about the, uh, the past and certainly the past few Jet seasons, I thought it's now time to transition and look back towards the contemporary times and especially the present, which we're now about to watch the Jets play the Devils. I'll have some thoughts on this game in just a moment, but before then, I thought you should hear a little bit about Boost Mobile and why they should be your number one choice for all of your mobile phone needs. When you listen to podcasts, you're looking for the power of the inside track. When you switch to Boost Mobile, you're looking for the power of saving money. That's because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to the latest episodes and keep up with your favorite players and teams, all backed by the power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line. So your family can share in all the insights, trades, 
happiness, heartbreaks, and everything in between that define the experiences of sports fans the world over. Better yet, Boost Mobile comes with one of the biggest and most powerful 5G networks in the U.S., so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and that edge you'll be gaining, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile today and find out. When you make the switch to Boost Mobile, you'll receive a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G phone so you can get all the power you need in your next phone. More power to save, Boost Mobile. Disclaimer. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for additional details. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. After uh, talking about our Advent calendar day three for Winnipeg Jets memories, it was time to fast forward to the present and take a look at Winnipeg versus New Jersey. And through two periods, if you haven't watched this game, the scoreline is going to absolutely blow your mind. The best way I can describe the first 40 minutes of this game is that literally everything happened, and I mean everything. Uh, so the game started off very quickly. The Jets were up 3 nothing within like 8 minutes. The Devils were completely bamboozled. We saw a Jonathan Bernier turnover that was almost a goal. We saw some really sloppy plays from the Devils' defense. They at times just stopped skating, and Winnipeg easily took advantage. We had a beautiful Nikolai Ehlers snipe. We had a Mark Shifley goal. We even had a Christian Veselainen, uh, I guess far side snipe, you could say. It was like a one-timer right in front of the net, so a pretty nice opportunity for him thanks to a forced turnover from Stastny. And the Jets were kind of dummying the Devils, but then you sort of got the sense that Winnipeg would stop skating because if anyone knows the Jets, it's that once they have a lead, they just sort to stop playing they expect that they can just hold it and that's not really how this works the Jets took a penalty like a minute or two after uh, Veselainen scored and of course if you've seen Winnipeg's PK you could probably guess the outcome the Jets conceded a goal to Damon Severson who hadn't scored in several weeks and then not long after that right before the expiration of the uh, the first period Jack Hughes had a beautiful individual shift and scored a beautiful goal to cut the deficit down to one I was kind of joking on Twitter that I was thinking, you know, if the Jets actually find a way to blow this, it would be really funny content, but also very frustrating. And uh, the Jets were starting to show that they were actually following through. And then the second period started, and New Jersey, within the first minute, scored thanks to Nico Heischer, and then Ryan Graves, like a minute later, scored to give the Devils a lead. If you want, like, a peak summation of what being a Jets fan has been like for the past three or four years... This opening, like, 25 minutes of this game probably gave you a really good idea. The Jets, at times they were dominant, at times they were getting dominated, and it depended on which shifts you were looking at and which lines were out there. Connor Shifley-Wheeler, despite scoring, was atrocious. Right after Shifley opened the scoring, that line committed, like, three really egregious turnovers that could have been goals against were it not for Hellebuck or maybe a few lucky deflections. So, not exactly a sterling performance. And that did actually continue through the second period as well. CSW is just a really bad line, and the only hope that you have is that the shooting talent from somebody like Shifley finally shows up and they can actually score. Same with Kyle Connor. But if you're looking for like play driving ability or even any sort of defensive responsibility, just not it. Um, but you know, with this being the Devils, you kind of thought at some point the Jets would probably tie it up and maybe even take the lead. And if that was your expectation, well, you got it. 
Nikolai Ehlers, about the uh, midway point of the period, scored his second goal of the game. A great two-on-one setup from Pierre-Luc Dubois off of a neutral zone turnover. Dubois led a great charge, fed Ehlers a beautiful pass. Um, and Ehlers, again, went for like a snapshot. His first goal was off of a really fast snapshot that was at a much sharper angle. This one, uh, a slightly, I wouldn't say easier snapshot. I think it was actually a very difficult um, distance and release, and yet he just made it look very easy. Second goal of the game. I thought he actually looked a little bit faster this game compared to previous outings where maybe he's been a step behind the play, but tonight he looked very up, up to the up to the game, and I thought this line was actually cooking. So um, Cop dubois Ailers maybe a good combo to run forward. I, I think they could be a fun unit to watch. Um, unfortunately, though, it does mean CSW is going to stay as a unit, which is very bad. So don't know if that uh, that gain is exactly what you want, but I, I can only pick so many battles to fight here. After Ehlers scored, though, you could kind of get the sense the Jets were starting to wake up again after taking, like, about a third of a period off. And then Josh Morrissey scored the next goal. Blake Wheeler had taken a point shot, and it sort of double deflected or something. This puck just sort of tipped off of Morrissey and popped up, and then dead in mid-flight as it was dropping in on Jonathan Bernier. Bernier just sort of lost track of the puck. He accidentally lifted up his pads to try and uh, change position, and it actually bounced through his pads and in. Probably one of the worst goals I've ever seen scored this season. So, yeah, Bernier, he had a night to forget. And then right before the end of the period, the Jets got another power play. Winnipeg had already had, like, two, I think, up to this point, and both power plays were just atrocious. This one, though, Mark Shifley just sort of took the puck from his own defensive zone and carried it by himself, cut through the New Jersey Devils' PK, and scored. Saying this game was chaotic through the first two periods would probably be a bit generous. I mean, this game was just an absolute mess, and it felt like a a pendulum constantly swinging. Even when the Jets would have a lead, New Jersey would be right there competitively, trying to uh, steal it back and put the Jets under real pressure. A couple of moments, New Jersey actually came really close to scoring. The Jets were fortunate that Hellebuck was actually pretty sharp on some of these low chances. The stuff that he conceded, I don't know if he had really, uh, you know, that many opportunities to make a major save on. He did his best, but sometimes the Jets' turnovers, they were in places that were super dangerous, and then there were random deflections that just sort of went in from, I don't even know what angles they were in on. It was just super weird. But whatever the case may be, after 40 minutes, the Jets are currently up 6-4, to four, and we've got another 20 minutes of whatever madness is in store for us in the final period. I'll talk about the end of this game in just a little bit, but before we get too far ahead of ourselves, I wanted to tell you a little bit about BetOnline.ag and why they should be your number one online betting destination for the holidays. It's Thanksgiving, and we all know what that means. Football. And nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. BetOnline has you covered all holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this holiday season. Head on over to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code LOCKEDON. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON at registration. Not into football? No problem. BetOnline has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, your favorite Vegas casino games, and so much more. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. To get started, register for a free account at betonline.ag. And again, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON at registration for a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, we're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. Start winning with BetOnline.ag today. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Or honestly, even better than your favorite candy bar. Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, fat, 
and guilt. You get the best of both worlds because it's delicious and healthy. You have so many flavors to choose from. Are you up for raspberry or mint brownie? Maybe cherry or double chocolate? You might even be up for cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie. Don't tell your family your favorite flavor, though. You might just spark a debate at the next family dinner. Built Bars give you that extra energy you need to bust down these mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just stuck standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. Throw one in your jacket or purse because you never know when you'll need it. Make sure to tell Santa to drop a few extra Built Bars in your stocking before the holidays roll around. Whether you want to enjoy your Built Bar plain or even dip it in hot chocolate for an extra gooey flavor, it's the perfect holiday treat. Go to Built.com and be sure to use promo code LOCKED15 at checkout and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, that is LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are closing out tonight's episode with some thoughts on Winnipeg versus New Jersey, which, if I could describe it in one word, would be chaos. Madness might also be appropriate, but, you know, heading into the third period, the Jets were up 6-4. They had a 3-0 lead within 10 minutes. They then proceeded to blow that lead in about 11 minutes. Then they were down, and then they came back and tied it, and then they got the lead, and they never relinquished the lead. So there was just a lot happening in this game. And in the third period, the Devils actually pushed back pretty hard. I thought Hellebuck had to make some really good saves. Honestly, Helly was quietly good tonight, and I think a lot of people probably will overlook his performance in net. I thought, especially after the first couple of goals, he had some phenomenal stops. He kept the Jets in this game um, and really gave them a fighting chance after there were some, well, less than stellar defensive performances, and the PK wasn't looking super sharp. But in the uh, the third period, the Jets actually handled New Jersey's press pretty well. And then, you know, Mark Shifley completed his hat trick with another goal. This one was pretty nice. I mean, he basically scored nothing but absolute bangers tonight. So, you know, congrats to Mark. He's been a bit absent over the past couple of weeks. And I think that uh, that lack of offensive impact has been very noticeable. So it's important for him to get rolling. I know that CSW is not exactly a line that I would choose for myself defensively you could still tell that they were just really bad and honestly I think they were out chance throughout most of the night but thankfully because they have such elite finishing talent once they're in the offensive zone they can go to work as long as they can mostly outscore uh, the stuff that they concede it'll be fine enough as it is it's just not really a line that I want to see sitting in front of Hellebuck very frequently I think when Helly has to make saves behind them it tends to be just you know a murder ball in front of the net so not really an ideal situation for the Jets but uh, the rest of the lines actually had pretty good outings. Um, there weren't too, too many weak links other than this line. I think most everyone was pretty okay. Um, I thought Zvechnikov looked pretty good. Veselainen had a really big game. I thought he was everywhere, very active offensively. Finally got to score a goal and use his shot again, which we all love to see. Um, CSW offensively, at least, was creating. Dubois and Ehlers had really great chemistry. Cop was effective at the forecheck thought that his shift was great, and uh, that second line was cooking. The third line looked very comfortable. Lowry, Veselainen, and uh, I think it was Toninato or, or somebody else. Might have been Harkins. Um, Harkins actually had an assist, which is a rare point for him. Stanley had a point shot towards the end of the game that Adam Lowry deflected in front of the net, and Harkins had the third assist. Jansen just hasn't really taken the step forward I think I was expecting. There, There is clearly a talented player there, but it's just Harkins hasn't really stamped his authority on his spot yet, so I feel like 
you know, I'd rather have Toninato getting more minutes, to be honest. I think Harkins does have offensive skill. I just don't know if it's the kind where he can play with players who are more grindy um, and succeed that way. I think he would have to be playing alongside like a Mark Shifley or something in order to see any of his skill really surface. On the whole of this game, just absolute chaos. It was very entertaining, crazy. I mean, you were laughing for the right and the wrong reasons. Uh, Jonathan Bernier had an absolute mare in net. Um, I'm sure New Jersey's goaltending is going to be a, a bit of a question mark. But uh, yeah, fun game. The Jets ended up winning. I don't know if it really means much in the long term, but maybe they will stop not scoring going forward. I don't know. We'll find out soon over the next couple of weeks. But uh, that'll be all the time we have for this evening. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all your favorite platforms, so follow and subscribe today. And as always, thank you for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!